0: Welcome to Winging It, the somewhat whimsical, certainly worrying, decidedly wonky, seldom weighty, endlessly well-intentioned, and wildly witty show about music where one knows what's coming and the other doesn't. It happens in between, both proper, to ensure you can spend anywhere from 15 to 180 minutes with us every week. So, the moment I've been waiting for, perhaps the moment you've been waiting for?
1: The well, big reveal. You know the reveal.
0: I do, but have you been waiting and, for this and moment?
1: honestly, never waiting. Let's be honest with the audience. We have to be straight with the audience. Yes, okay, occasionally it gets a little heavy. Some.
0: If we talk about death, that's heavy.
1: All right, death is heavy. Okay, okay.
0: death is heavy. Death is a thing.
1: Uh, so, yeah, I'm waiting for the big reveal myself, yes.
0: Well, we are going to talk about the top ten classic songs made in the 70s as identified by Rick Wakeman. His favorite
1: oh, songs. Oh, man. This is a dinosaur dream here.
0: (laughs) So, who is Rick Wakeman? I will allow you to share, and then I will, of course, jump in.
1: Well, Rick Wakeman is a legendary composer and keyboard player who uh, has actually popped up on more records than you can shake a stick at, but is, of course, known primarily as the keyboard player for the amazing progressive rock group, Yes. Yes. Uh, He's also got a number of solo albums, which I have on vinyl, actually. Uh, Six Wives of Henry VIII, Journey to the Center of the Earth, etc. And just going to mention this on another show we were about to do, is actually the piano player on David Bowie's Hunky Dory album, Mm. played with Cat Stevens. If you ever heard... uh, Morning has broken. Well, that's Rick Wakeman.
0: There he is. Uh, he's
1: everywhere. He's, he's like everywhere. Savoir faire. He savoir is. faire is everywhere. So is Rick Wakeman. Yeah. <laughs>
0: and he is absolutely legendary. So incredible. I've seen him so many times perform oh, live. Oh, that's there's right. You've like seen? It. Yes,
1: I saw. Yes, only once, but it was with Wakeman. Yes, and uh, I'm trying
0: to think of how many times I've seen him with Wakeman because I also saw Anderson Rabin Wakeman. So A R W, which uh, they did. So I think I've probably seen him six times. You're
1: probably a little young to have seen Moraz, Patrick Mraz, yeah, yeah, You're okay. a little young for yeah. that. Sorry. Totally dissed by Moody Blues. That's a story for another time. It's you know? a story yes. for another show. Yeah. Perhaps
0: another winging yeah. it. So shall I tell you who his first is? So I'm going to do the big reveal and then share a little bit about... Why he likes the song
1: Oh, interestingly, yes, oh, yes. Uh, He has been responsible As have many great artists You know, we've heard about uh, Pink Floyd's David Gilmour Being responsible for introducing Kate Bush to the record label And uh, Kiss and Gene Simmons Have gotten any number of bands signed Including Rush And uh, they were very instrumental In helping Van Halen, too Rick Wakeman has done that A number of times, too And I'm wondering If you're going to bring that up But perhaps you're not No, oh, we shall uh, see yeah. If
0: I don't, please Please regale us later. If I can
1: remember, yeah It was somebody I was just reading about, too. Yes, go ahead.
0: All right. Pink Floyd, Another Brick in the Wall. He said, when I was living in Switzerland, there was a wonderful pub in Montreux called The White Horse, and every musician that worked at Queen's Mountain Studios spent their lives there. It was a phenomenal place, absolutely buzzing in every respect. It had a jukebox, <laughs> and that was the first place that I heard another brick in the wall. I went straight over, put it on multiplayer, and waited for people to complain. Nobody did. Everybody loved it. It is very un <laughs>
1: Yes. I assume you're talking about um, another brick in the wall part two. It the, just says another brick in the wall. Yeah, uh, yeah, that would be the one, because that's the one everybody knows with the children's yes, chorus. Yes, children. Which was the idea of which producer, songwriter, genius? Why, none other than Mr. Bob Ezrin. Well. That, that was his idea. Because he got the best out of everybody. He's a fucking legend. Um, Absolutely. I mean, Kiss, Alice Cooper, Pink Floyd, they wouldn't be the same without Bob Ezrin. And he's been working with Deep Purple many years, I just found out. Anyway, uh, good choice there, Mr. Rick. Yes. I agree. It was I very un Floyd and they were going like, what is this? Do you want us to do this? This is disco. <laughs> and it's, it's timeless.
0: It's so great. Well, the next one is very interesting, too. The Faces Stay With Me. Really? Another Swiss memory, he says. He lived halfway up a mountain in a place called Le Mans de Cossé. I'm hoping I say that right. And my car journey down the winding road to the studio took exactly the same length it took to play Stay With Me. I absolutely love the Wurlitzer electric piano on it. Ian McClagan was a great player and a very underrated player. One of the hardest things for keyboard players is playing the right thing, and he had the knack of playing the right thing.
1: So do you, dude. So do you. Seriously.
0: For him to say that about a keyboardist, oh my God. (laughs) I
1: haven't actually heard that song in a long time, but for... The unpleasantness of some of the lyric just stays with you forever. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I'll pay your cab fare. You can even use my best cologne. Just don't be here in the morning Ooh. when I get up. Oh, oh. oh that
0: oh, one has to hurt. Wonderful
1: song. <laughs> yes, uh, that would go over so well with today's audiences. You know? That shit hurts. Although there was actually a book written about that. Uh, some woman wrote a book about uh, misogynistic rock bands and why we love them. You know, <laughs> it's because so much of rock is like, you know, you know, woman, I'm going to put a voodoo on you and shit, and, you know. (laughs) And, and, you know, you better not do this, and I'm going to do this. You know, there's a lot of menace towards women in uh, a lot of blues and rock, like ACDC. And for some reason, you give them a pass, because (laughs) I don't know why. But it's interesting that he picked (laughs) that one. Yeah, Faces, of course, for those of you kiddos who don't know out there, that was a group with Rod Stewart on vocals and Ronnie Wood of the Rolling Stones on guitar. It was an amazing, uh, amazing little act there.
0: Absolutely. So none of these have surprised me so far, but they're very interesting. The next one may surprise you. Argent, hold your head up.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm not surprised that, uh, no, Rod Argent, no. I, I can see where Rick Wakeman would have an admiration for that tune. It's a great tune.
0: Well, and it says here... He's a good friend of his, of Rick's. Wow. Um, and he's not just picking people because they're his mates, he says. He's picking them because they're brilliant. The organ solo in Hold Your Head Up is, for me, one of the finest organ solos on a record. Nice. Wow. It's brilliantly put together. And from an era where you couldn't go back and correct notes and redo things, it's a true solo. A little work of art. So it has to go in. It's just brilliant. It's so good. Wow. wow. I, mean, I mean, imagine.
1: I, I can hear any number of any one Rick Wakeman solo in my mind and thinking the guy who did that actually yes, uh, had that much praise that's right. for Argent? Nice. That's got to make you feel good.
0: I mean, if you watch Rick Wakeman do any solo yeah. in the world, you're just jaw on ground. Yeah. You just can't even. And he's brilliant even now. I know that his little hands are getting, getting a little less agile, but...
1: That happened Well I mean tragically Keith Emerson You know yes. He had a role, that. But I, I'm told I didn't see it But I'm told uh, Wakeman used to do solos With like a puppet On his hand That must have been Something to see I have see.
0: not <laughs> seen that, <laughs> that would now I'm going to have great, to Go look that, shit that up That would
1: have been I, I should research that myself Yeah But I did see him With yes In the round That was pretty sweet oh With God. the stage Turning around That's so uh, cool Anderson, Squire Howe, Wakeman White uh, I mean classic you
0: Classic know. lineup Yeah before I go on further, I must say thank you to LouderSound.com for providing this amazing information. Uh,
1: you guys I, are always there for us; you always, got our back, they man. Got our
0: back. I know. And this is just a really, really wonderful. How many times article. have we used them? I don't you even them? know. When I say I just, we,
1: I mean you, because you do all the research <laughs> here.
0: <laughs> well, they just have compelling, you know, content. I really find it compelling. They talk to the people I want them to talk to about things I want to know. Yep. So I love Louder Sound. So uh, thank you. I'm louder compelled sound. to thank them. Yeah. Absolutely. So, the next one, and uh, this is fun, Freeze, All Right Now.
1: Really? It's amazing that two pretty banal songs, pretty you know, crass songs like uh, Stay With Me and All Right Now are ones that he favors. And that's not exactly a keyboard song either. you know. No. It's, but uh, you know, no reason it would be. But, uh, yeah, cool. Free with Mr. Paul Rogers. Uh. Yes.
0: He loves the guitar solo. Yeah. But what he really loves is as the solo finishes and you come back. Back into the chorus again, there's probably the simplest drum break you have ever heard. Mm-hmm. And most drummers would do something absolutely ridiculous at the end of a solo like that, but not Simon Kirk. He did just a really simple da dum 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 dum.
1: Simple, ba-dum, he says,
0: but brilliant.
1: Simple, brilliant, the tie. The minimalism is absolutely stunning on that but da ba. Total change of tempo and then back to the rhythm that we know from the being but so, yeah Simon Kirk a wonderful drummer by the way of course who would uh, half of free would become bad company oh, so uh, Paul yes. Rogers and Simon Kirk the drummer would also be the drummer of bad company so uh,
0: so these are really great when i saw this i thought oh my gosh some of these really surprised I me some did i love to But some did
1: Yeah I love to hear An artist's favorite records And everything Because a lot of times It's unexpected
0: It really is I think some of these Are still gonna be unexpected Because I think When you hear somebody Who's this proggy And you know Does this complicated Complex music Right With people like Chris Squire, you think, oh, he's only going to like, you know, the certain caliber. No, no, no. He's like the rest of us. He likes Yeah,
1: a lot. I, I just hope he doesn't, you know, slum it as much as to like, oh, well, Cardi B or anything like that. You know? yeah.
0: <laughs> I didn't see WAP in here.
1: Oh, I'm glad to hear that. So,
0: no. But, uh, you know, there could be some surprises. Mm-hmm. We could sneak in here. Maybe a Taylor Swift. We'll find out. So, uh, Steeler's wheel stuck in the middle with you. Nice. And he says that they were on the same label.
1: A and M, right?
0: Yeah. Yep. Wow. Oh, very. Impressive. I
1: can picture it in my mind, my you know, because goodness. I'm a vinyl guy, because I grew up with records. Yeah. Did
0: you just go A and M? I went A and M. Oh I man, that was crazy. I name
1: dropped a label baby. You
0: fucking right. did, and it's right here. It says A and M Records. Actually, oh. the last of the truly great independent labels. He says, because of co-founder Jerry Moss, because Jerry encouraged a diversity of music. If you bought something on A&M, you were pretty sure it was going to be good. The production levels had to be very, very high and stuck in the middle with you is a simple song and totally unique. So I just have to show you. Sorry, a little quick break here. That in the middle of doing this, they're trying to sell me an ad for a cent. I just have to show you that it just comes up like that. I'm like, I have to show you how fun. Playable ad.
1: I've had those come up too, and it's just like an ad for myself on Reverb, is like on Google or something.
0: Yeah, and then it goes to Fingerhut. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But all of a sudden, I see my face. I'm like, what happened?
1: Buy something Fingerhut. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what
0: happened? All right. So the next one. You're going to like this one. Mm -hmm. The Moody Blues question. Oh,
1: yes.
0: (laughs) The Moody Blues were such a great band, both live and as songwriters. They were also one of the first real users of the Mellotron. The famous I-can-keep-it-in-tune instrument that all keyboard players have. But they used it really well, although they employed it most famously on Nights in White Satin. They used it here in a way that no one ever used it before. A good melody, a great song, and a unique use of the dreaded Mellotron.
1: Now, I love the Moody Blues. I truly love the Moody Blues, and I'm not surprised he picked that. I know a lot of people don't necessarily appreciate them, but I do. I got Uh, no love. uh, Yeah, I love the Moody Blues. I got nothing. Interesting tie there between the Moody Blues and Wakeman. Hmm. And it came up before, and I wasn't going to go on with it, but here they are the Moody Blues again. Here it is. Rick Wakeman, who has said, shockingly, I hated Tales from Topographic Oceans, which is a great <laughs> Yes double album classic, and I'm glad I wasn't around to play on Relayer. Well, Relayer yeah. wouldn't have been the same if you were on it, dude. You know, It would have been a different record. It would have been a different Patrick record. Patrick Moraz joined Yes for exactly one album. That's right. Gold Relayer was totally unique in the Yes canon and a lot of people's favorites and certainly indispensable. Absolutely. Patrick Moraes would go on to become a member of the Moody Blues and play a huge part in their commercial revival in the 80s. They became huge all over again. They had big hit records and everything. I remember. And Yeah, I mean, the Moody Blues came back big time with like Long Distance Voyager or something like that. And what shocks me, and I hate to bring up something negative, but Patrick Moraes was on this record and several Moody Blues albums after that. If you buy the double album Moody Blues Gold and read the liner notes cover to cover, you will find absolutely no mention of Patrick Moraz. It's like, what is this cancel culture or something? They give credits for every <laughs> player that ever was in this band and played on any track, but no mention of Patrick Moraz. So much so that I had to go check. Uh, was I wrong? Did I think he was in the band all no, this time? He was, in he was band. yeah, he was. And uh, so, yeah, it was shocking. But yeah, a little tie there because this is a band that Moraz played in, as well as Wakeman's band. Yes.
0: Wow. All right. Well, that is very interesting. I love all the little tidbits you add. Stuff that I did not know. That's very interesting. Well, this is also going to be one you love. Get ready to be excited to just share your exuberance. Deep Purple's Black Knight.
1: Oh, nice. Yes. Classic Deep Purple Mark II (laughs) Black Knight. Oh, yeah. I like it. Well, and uh, of course, you know, Legendary rock keyboardist John Lord of Deep Purple. So he
0: said a phenomenal solo from John Lord. Oh yeah. yeah. Not a synth lover, but he loved his organ and his electric piano. He got a load of different guitar effects and built this long string that went from his app his app, his amp, to both the Leslie's and his cabinet so he could create a really unique organ sound that would cut through while doing a solo. They're really great friends and everything too. But it said he just wanted to see what he could do with an instrument rather than just do what it did. So that was the difference with John Lord, and he did that right up to his dying day, and Rick calls him an absolute genius.
1: Yes, John Lord was certainly a genius, yes.
0: So, wow. I mean, I think these picks are so amazing. He's
1: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) no lap, all killer songs, some surprises. I mean, you don't know
0: what's going to come. You don't know what's going to come, though. Uh, It could be a little Justin Bieber situation. (laughs)
1: <laughs> He'd have a much more open mind than I if he didn't.
0: Uh, so, status quo, rocking all over the world. Now, there you
1: go. Nice,
0: simple... Meat and potatoes. Yes, exactly. If, if
1: there ever was meat and potatoes rock and roll, that song is it. You know. Yep.
0: Absolutely. You were saying. You know. It sounded like humble pie. What else? It was, sounded like humble pie. A little like Rocky Horror Picture uh, Show. Yeah. Yeah. A little like Rocky Horror. It's just. It's
1: that kind of. Birky and the Ripsters, indie group called Birky and the Ripsters, have that Rocky Horror kind of vibe, that Jim Steinman kind of thing, and you know, I love that. Simple, down, and dirty rock and roll, which is why I do really love ACDC for a limited time, you know, and uh, why I'm such a huge Kiss fan, even though there's stuff, it's far more evolved and far more progressive than that, uh, some of it, but at the end of the day, some of it is just plain simple, cheesy fun, and hey, I just watched Xanadu, so you know, (laughs) you know I love cheesy fun.
0: Did anybody uh, influence that at all? Watching Xanadu? Or like, you know encourage it or oh
1: yeah well or... that was another killer referral uh, I gotta say mm-hmm.
0: interesting by
1: by well, you, you of course okay, I mean, I just ev- try everybody to, all the just listeners know sure that uh, I mean. interestingly enough on uh, Birds of a Feather coming up there are going to be a number of references to similar Subject matter But oh, anyway fantastic. back to Mr. Wakeman's picks Bless well, his heart
0: he says Rick Parfit I'm assuming that's How you pronounce it And I used to get Into serious trouble together I was living in Surrey At the time And we'd go out To a very dodgy Snooker hall In Putney Then go on To very dodgy clubs Until the wee hours Of the morning Then come back And tell everyone We've been working hard On music He was a good lad. I love Rick to bits. Whoa produced fantastic stuff with the limited chord progressions they use, some amazing things that nobody else did. And he said, and there's a real art form in that. So, you know, I don't have to tell you about the fun stuff about his personal relationships, but I find it fascinating and I love it. I could just go into the music, but I think it's fun to hear. Rick Sounding so down to earth Because I see him As larger than life On this pedestal This amazing guy yeah, To hear that yeah. he just has mates And they hang out And go to the bar Makes me happy I
1: mean you figure This is a guy With a powdered wig And shit I mean this is <laughs> exactly. You know This is somebody Who's not gonna slum it <laughs> that's exactly With that kind think. of music And everything Unless he's paid To perform well, on it Or correct, something Of course But no He's a rock and roller Like the rest he of is? us And he likes this meat, but I love how you mentions The limited chord yes. uh, Thing I mean you know Four or five six chords A lot of bands Make their whole careers Out of that Hello Nirvana you see, you know, Nirvana yeah, exactly and does anyone complain no no I
0: mean, it's brilliant it all
1: goes back to Louie Louie and
0: <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Holland's opus <laughs> it it's right there the fucking one of the best movies I've ever seen right I mean and
1: he's right about that he song, is right you know he is right. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I mean. Another
0: movie <laughs> referral. So, now you got High Fidelity, Xanadu, Mr. Holland's Opus. <laughs> yes, yes. At
1: least I, at least that's one I managed to see before I met you, Mr. Holland's <laughs> Which one? Opus. one? Just one, you know. All right. So, yeah. What is Mr. Wakeman's next uh, pick?
0: Well, you're certainly going to fall in love with this one, too, because it's Alice Cooper's School's Out. Really? Yes. He says, Alice has always managed to come up with songs with a broad appeal. School's Out was a classic example, a song that mums and dads liked and were quite Happy for kids to listen to despite the fact that they were on stage with snakes up their rectum and God knows what else. I mean, even though he'd be a good person to have around at Halloween, he speaks well and writes good tunes that are very relatable. I've got a lot of time for him. He's great. So saith Rick.
1: Well, yeah, and interesting thing about Schools Out is that's been cited by members of Alice Cooper, the band, when they were a band for the first six albums. It's been cited by them as a perfect five-part collaboration. Everybody contributed something meaningful to it. I mean, Alice wrote this lyric, and Michael and Glenn, the guitars. Dennis, this awesome bass line, and the incredible drums of Neil Smith. And it is. It's a classic, but it's a limited song. It's a limited chord. He really likes the simple stuff. If you listen to the rest of the School's Out album, it absolutely blow your mind. This was a cutting-edge, progressive rock group. You would figure he would pick one of the other songs. There's this amazing jazz odyssey on there called Blue Turk that, I mean, you just can't believe this is Alice Cooper if you're thinking in the lines of School's Out and everything. And it's interesting that he picked that song, which is easily the most down-to Worth, you know, rock bottom song on the whole record, and of course it was a single and everything, but I'm a little bit surprised at how often he picks the really gritty songs, the down and dirty, and not the high, the hoity-toity ones, you know? So yeah, <laughs> yeah, interesting. What's up next?
0: Well, what I think is interesting, and I'm happy to tell you what comes up next, but I think it's interesting because I wonder if, you know, part of of you decompressing from all of that complexity is to listen to stuff that is just fun and you know, you can just kind of relate to it right away That you don't have to really think It's kind of just fun and it grabs you And it just takes you for a ride An
1: excellent, excellent theory, too Because the complexity of much of the music of Rick Wakeman's career Like playing in Yes mm-hmm. Bill Bruford is said to have quit Yes after Close to the Edge Because of the strain of making the album Oh, yeah Because it is such a completely exalted work of art It is Of intricacy, unimaginable before it had been recorded And I can not okay, this is just I don't want to say too much like work but this is a strain. The album is off the chart. So yes. if Bruford quit for that, and you imagine Rick Wakeman, who was still with the band for quite a while after that, absolutely had to let off some steam and just give his brain a break. It's just like you know, it's like working in education and being a teacher and doing all this stuff where you're thinking, and then going home and watching Beavis and Butthead. Seriously, you know, yeah. seriously, right? You just know, or like South Park. Bring you know? it right
0: on down. I, I just, mean, yeah. South Park. You Exa- know? Oh, I love South Park. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, you know. I mean, how many,
1: how many brain surgeons are there out there that go home and listen to Shut Your Fucking Face, Uncle, Uncle fucker. fucker? I mean, you yeah, know, I to mean, relax. Come on, you know? so many. In fact, I remember once i seeing on a uh, VH1 uh, show or something like that. Guy was a literal brain surgeon, and he played Cypress Hill's "Insane in the Brain" while he was performing brain surgery. I get it. I mean, I get it in a way, but I mean, how can you stand still? I mean, while that's playing, <laughs> I, I can't. mean, the knife would be jittering all over the place. <laughs> I can see listening to it when you get off, when, you're, when done. you're done when but, the guy's yeah. head is closed up. <laughs> be nice but, I too. mean, imagine he's going to cut open your brain and he's going to be playing that song. Oh, yeah. man. I mean, I'd be jumping under <laughs> anesthesia with that damn song playing. You know, <laughs>
0: Me too. Yeah, it's a great, great <laughs> a tune. It's a
1: classic. Right? See, so, yeah,
0: I think he needed a break. And this next one, you're going to love too. You're going to wish that you were Rick's mate so you could hang out and listen to these cool nice. tunes because it's the Rolling Stones' Brown Sugar.
1: Wow. Yeah,
0: the one thing every kid playing music in their room wanted to hear, their parents shout is turn that bloody racket off up the stairs. It's a seal of approval. Music is the first thing any kid owns. Parents choose their clothes, their school, what they do, what they eat, where they go, but their music... That's theirs. There must have been millions of parents who shouted, turn that bloody thing off as the Stones played, and the kids <laughs> bumped their fist in the air in their bedrooms, thinking, yes, thank you. Brown Sugar encapsulates that feeling for him.
1: You know, and, and I find this interesting about the music of the 70s. So oh, that's amazing that they use saxophone on this song because it suits it so well. Yes. That uh, the music of the 70s, I mean, of the Rolling Stones in the 70s, the way Mick Jagger sings, very, very shrewd lyrics, but sung so indecipherably that you can't really always make them out. And I'm sure a lot of parents who were listening to, like if you were playing WAP or something like that today, the parents <laughs> would be like, you are not listening to that shit. Yeah. But they hear Brown Sugar and it's like, oh, it sounds kind of okay. And they're not really mindful of the fact that it's about you know, whipping female slaves and how good black women taste and stuff like that. They don't even right. get that. It's just a song. And I mean, come on, it's a great song. I mean, it's a It's classic. a great song. Know, how many times have you been out in a club and that thing comes on And you're like, Yeah fuck yeah <laughs> Fist pumping Just like the kid in the- You're still the kid In that bedroom When yep. you hear these old songs you go back to that. Your body is creaky and old and everything, in my case, but you forget all that because you go back to that when you first heard those songs, and that never dies, that feeling. It just never dies. And when I hear Brown Sugar or Kiss's Firehouse or just the most rudimentary shit ever, when I'm 90 years old, I'll be like,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> awesome. I love this shit. <laughs> I love this shit, man. <laughs> <coughs> well, that brings us to the end of his list. Those are the 10 classic songs Rick Wakeman loves from the 1970s era.
1: Oh, and I wanted to say one thing a group that I thought might appear on the list, a group that he actually played with, Mr. Prague. Now, this is one where the group was at its absolute most progressive peak and Rick Wakeman appeared on the album Sabbath Bloody Sabbath with none other than Black Sabbath and uh, it was that progressive a record and he's on there doing his thing and it was a beautiful I'm surprised he didn't pick anything by then but I'm sure if he made a longer list he would
0: well I'm not sure because remember these are his escape I think this is his escapism Ah, Yeah.
1: well I didn't think he would be picking a song of his own I figured he'd pick some you know knucklehead Black Sabbath or maybe like you know Iron Man or some shit like that you know but or fairies wear boots or something really pounding Raw But uh, I'm surprised At how uh, How eclectic His tastes are And how He's a person Just like us He
0: you is know? It's weird Yeah Can't, It's weird Like one yeah. at a time one one at It's a time, really you know? weird I don't know yeah. Well, I thought that was a fascinating topic. I'm certain. Sur- Top it. Let me try <laughs> that again. <laughs> I thought that was a fascinating topic, and I'm glad that you enjoyed it, and I hope our listeners enjoyed it. So now that we are done, we will go ahead and end this particular segment of Winging It. But the only way that we do that, and the way that we do it every time, is by you saying,
1: Let's fly this coop. <laughs>
0: This has been Birds of a Feather,
1: on Fusion Music Radio.